Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. My guest today, I mean, come on. When Mm -hmm. I think of a soothing, unique voice accompanied with a very strong and conscious mind, always prepared, known as game to inform and educate, well, he is it. Moving back home, I was flipping through the channels, and on the radio I came upon this man. With a truckload of knowledge and compassion for mankind, he is all things morning guru, Super Talk Mississippi. And I I have him on the other side of the microphone today and know oh, how the tide has turned. Mm. Please welcome my buddy, Paul Gallo. I thought you were interviewing me. That, that interview- lead in. <laughs> Steve Azar, how you doing, buddy? Don't you start flipping it on no, me now. I'm not, not going to do that. <laughs> just, just you saying my name, all yeah. of a sudden I feel like I'm being interviewed. Puts me in a weird position on this side of the microphone. Yeah, well, it's welcome to my world. It was a flip. I came to your side, and I, I spend a lot of my time listening to you in the mornings uh, so I can try to get better at, at this side of it. You realize that we have a specific dialect from the delta we do don't we we really we truly do we really do we have a special dialect and i learned that over the years i've been doing this for quite a while so yeah so let's talk about that yeah well let's let's talk about dialect first because i don't understand what happened to me (laughs) and my brothers and sisters my Mm -hmm. mom and dad and my grandparents they sound more so southern that it almost sounds Georgian or Alabama. There, there's no R's, so it's ah, oh, baby, darling, and just drags out, and y'all drink Gatorade, and and it's just this kind of slow, whiny sort of deal. And there's no R's, and I don't know whether it was me growing up and hanging out behind Dad's liquor store or the juke joints or the fast talking, uh, you know, African Americans that I grew up being mentored yeah. by the musicians. Yeah. Well, number one. You're pasteurized a little bit. In other words, you had a chance to get out. Interesting story is one of the reasons that when I decided to get into this business, the opportunity was there to go to Chicago, to leave the big city of Shaw right. to go to Chicago. <laughs> the population shock was a little bit, 2,000 to 200 gazillion. Yeah. I mean, I got there, and the first thing is, Paul, do you want to go play some ball? First of all, I had to have a translator because I didn't understand what they were saying. But the more you're subjected to other worlds out there. And the other thing, too, is I'm not sure the next generation, Steve, of parents are going to be like our parents. Because with social media and television and everything else, that southern accent is rare now. 
you know, for the most part, unless you're way out in the boonies somewhere. Right. I agree. We're talking to Paul Gallo, uh, all things morning, Super Talk Mississippi. He can be heard on every inch and cranny nook uh, in the state of Mississippi and beyond and online. Take me back. You're a kid in Shaw. You're growing up. Where did the radio bug hit? Were you into sports? Uh, What was it like growing up in in small town Delta Town? Uh, Not too far from you in Greenville. Right, right. I I think our lives probably were a lot different because we were the agrarian side. Right. So you had kids. It's a big word for me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. $3.75. I'll charge you, and we'll take it out of the the source account. But no, seriously, um, the agrarian society, usually you you probably had kids uh, hoping for boys so you could have some laborers. You know, it it was tough on the farm. I wouldn't trade it. But it was a whole different life from somebody who was in a grocery store or somewhere else. I mean, right. we the magic awards for us when we were growing up was lay-by. You have any idea what lay-by is? When you started out in the spring, you waited for the soil temperature to get okay. Oh, so then you put that. the seeds in, uh, mostly cotton. And then you baby that through chopping it, disking, uh, disking it, cultivating it. When it got uh, too tall to chop because it was about six feet tall in those days, you couldn't do anything until you started to pick it. Wow. So you laid by, and that period of time is a little time you had a chance to play a little bit. In those days, it was all farm labor. I mean, it was tough. And probably from the age of uh, 10, 9, 10, 11 years old, you're out there, you're chopping, you're picking, you're emptying sacks. Right. I mean, it was all labor. It was tough, and you never thought about it. You you know, you grew up in a wonderful uh, Catholic Italian family, right? Close knit, but work was part of it. You developed your work habits at those days. I think the closest thing that now is maybe these kids who are in 4-H, right? And, and they're handling uh, have a responsibility to take care of animals. And I often said, if I was going to write a book, it's everything I needed to know in life I learned on the farm. That's amazing. Well. I mean, you know, I've got a partner. We had a mighty Mississippi Music Festival, and mm-hmm. we're on year six this year. And uh, we we did it to celebrate the farmer and celebrate the blues and sell our music and in a multi-genred fashion because of all this influence uh, that our blues did for the world of music and and all the genres it uh, it lifted up and basically uh, created and influenced. Uh, and we do it. And having a farmer as my partner, yeah, Jason Fertizzi, you know Jason yeah. Fertizzi, having him as my partner is, and Jamie Murrow, whose husband's a farmer, is the greatest. I mean, okay, there's no procrastination. There's no, everything's like, what's the big deal? Yeah. I mean, and in our world in music, um, if it rains, uh, you know, uh, you know, things just go south and oh, everybody's, you know, gets in a tizzy. Well, they're like, what are you talking about? I mean, we had seven inches of rain the first year and they brought relift pumps. They they dried the land like Moses part in the Red Sea, you know, pumped into the Mississippi <laughs> River and the day went on. Yeah. And no other festival in the world would have lasted. It gave us a story. And I realized, man, a farmer is the best partner you can possibly have because they're, they don't just deal with. They don't have excuses. They just go do it. It was remarkable you talk about that and blues and everything else that as a young guy, I was too young to drive the tractor, so I would be chopping. And you'd have a bunch of guys. I'd say probably we have about 10 or 15 African-Americans who came every year, year after year after year with their kids. They were the ones that that daddy would count on to bring them in. And and, uh, we knew their names, their families. Uh, My dad would get on his tractor, small, small four tractor at the beginning of the year to all of these, go disc their gardens free, make sure he took care of them. Oh, that's great. But 
they would break into song. And I mean, we would be there and they would do the gospel music. And I, you know, you didn't think any of it was part of it. Yeah. But the gospel music and the blues that we heard on the farm, I didn't realize those were the seeds of (laughs) an industry worldwide. (laughs) Just could you imagine? I wish I had a recorder. Oh, well, I mean, it's just amazing because that's where it started. Yeah. And and we're talking to Paul Gallo, uh, Super Talk Mississippi, the man at Super Talk Mississippi. I am like, in fact, I've got him. So for our listeners out there to to visualize this, I've got him in a studio that he probably would have once. He probably stops by and walks by it, and it looks more like a prison where they put me. <laughs> and uh, Paul has the big big room with all the big gear, and uh, I uh, like this uh, one as I do pre show and post show. <laughs> oh, prep. so you do you do yeah. walk in? This I spend room. an hour. <laughs> I spend three hours in the morning before the show here, and an hour after the show here. I didn't so, know that you'd even walk in this room. I no, no, no. Okay, no, this... I, so I feel I feel a little better about myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Paul, tell me about your parents growing up. Yeah, they're farmers. You know, uh, give me some background. How they ended up in Shaw and uh, my parents and just... came in. I, I hate to bring you back into this, but bring me back. A, a stone's throw from you mm-hmm. in Sunnyside Plantation at West at uh, Lake Village, Arkansas. Wow. As a matter of fact, I, I think I saw a story a couple of weeks ago. That the Italian Americans had had gotten a uh, plaque, a historic marker, finally up for that farm, hmm. and I don't, I'm not going to bore you with a lot of details, but it was tough in Italy, in Ancona, Italy, beautiful seaside village, but the land was about gone. You had the drum beats of war, uh, and you had kids. My grandmother was 16 years old, uh, the youngest. My other grandmother was about 19 or 20. Uh, grandfathers were a little bit older, but they said goodbye to their parents. Wow. They got on a ship, two ships, different times, one 1906 and the other pair in 1913. There were liaisons here, some Italian-Americans who were better educated business people, and they were contracting with people there saying, well, come, up, come, come here. You are an agrarian uh, society there. Come over here. We got free land. And if you'll come and just farm this land, beautiful land, you can come to America. We're we're, we're taken care of. <laughs> and they came. Uh, Did on they a come through ships. Ellis Island? Yeah, came they New came Orleans. to Ellis Island. <laughs> okay. They were they were the first wave, the second wave of Italian Americans who came back uh, came through. Really got into the grocery business and other areas, yep. but the first were needed uh, as far as uh, and they came to Lake Village, Arkansas, in a Sunnyside plantation. And they found a wooded, swamp, mosquito-infected area. If you read some stories, they had it tough. Their number one thing was to make it in America, do everything they could to become Americans. Very few of them thought that they would ever go back home. There were some who thought we'd make some money and go back home. So when you're saying you're saying bye to your parents, you're thinking you may never see them again. Most of them knew that they would never see their parents that's again. Just a, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, tough. And they didn't know what they were coming into. Because one of the things you come into is a language barrier that you don't know how you're going to handle it. Because very few of them, if any of them, spoke Italian. Wow! All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a, a Mississippi Minute break. We are with the great Paul Gallo. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. Stand by.
Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are back in a Mississippi Minute. I have the privilege of having somebody that I really look up to in the radio world as I as I had mentors in songwriting, uh, my songwriters and publishers and, and, and artists that I got to hang around in Nashville and hang around, hang around the Delta. Uh, if I'm going to do this radio thing, I'd like to be able to learn to do it right. And uh, Paul Gallo is just uh, somebody that I really look up to. And I sort of compare him. I got introduced one time by Bob Costas. And I felt, and it was fun. It was it was for an event from an old friend of mine who used to coach college basketball named Charlie Spoonhour, call him Spoonball. Uh, and he was at the time at St. Louis Billikens before he went to UNLV. And um, he was a character, and we got to be good friends uh, through some uh, uh, other friends of mine in Nashville that uh, he loved. He loved music, you know. He loved country music, and and so I was when they did his big roast. Uh, Bob Costas was the. Uh, presenter and uh, the narrator of the evening, and uh, he introduced me as uh, they wanted me to do the music and and uh, for Spoonie and I thought I was going to jump out of my like a rocket ship because you know it was it was so informative. I mean, like I was going like I, first of all I had no hits yet, so he had nothing to talk about, <laughs> but he made it sound like that I was about to explode under the scene, and actually I did after that. But but I mean. He made you feel good, and he actually did homework. I don't even know where he found homework. There was real, there was no internet back in the mid nineties. You remind me of him. Well, that's a great compliment. You know, it brings me back when we first started just this network, and I forgot how many years ago it's been. How things have changed when you talk about information. I used to pull into a big box store that's no longer there. It's a car dealer there now. It's the only place in town that actually had all of the newspapers in the racks outside, and I'd go. 50 cents in this one, 50 cents in that one, 50 cents in this one. They had the New York Times, Boston Globe, the, the, the Chronicle, the uh, Commercial Appeal, and it was, it was several others. I'd spend $2.50, $3 a day just getting those. Now you had to bring them. There's no Internet. Yeah. You're on a talk radio, and you need to know what's going on. You yeah. try to get all of that information. Remember now, the only thing you've got is the television or the library. So you're trying to get all of the information possible and, and squeeze it in. No cable, 24-hour yeah. cable. So you're taking all of these newspapers and you're pulling them out and you're cutting them like schoolwork, you know, a little uh, topic <laughs> uh, topics every day. So you go on the air and you've got little uh, boards of nothing but clips from newspapers. But it's changed dramatically. Right. One of the reasons it's changed is that is that we can't differentiate this culture we're in now. What is opinion and what is news? We just don't know. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know, and it's a mess. It gets, it gets, it, it, it just becomes foggy out there. A lot of clouds, dark clouds, when it comes to information. That's for sure. Rolling in. All right, Paul. We're talking to Paul Gallo. Paul, take us back. I, I don't want to get too far ahead. Mm-hmm. You're, so your grandparents are here. Your your folks were both born on Mississippi soil, or was it? Yeah, my 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 my, my dad, and mom were first generation uh, here. I'm second generation. They lived in the Delta all their lives. My grandfathers on both sides and grandmothers acquired more land than they thought they would ever mm-hmm. have a chance to own after they escaped from Sunnyside Plantation. And they lost a lot of that during the Great Depression. Wow. But they retained some. So we had farms in Shaw. Uh, at one point, there were farms, and I think, in the Sunflower County area and other places. But they lost, they lost a lot, of, as, most, as, as most Italians did. Right. They lost a lot of the land. But they persevered. 
you know. From well, me. I think if you grew up in the Delta, and, and what people don't realize, I remember when I was in Chicago, they could not understand how an Italian got lost in, in Mississippi. <laughs> and I, it was a learning process for me right. to get used to them. And I said, guys, in the town that I'm from, you, you have a, a large percentage of Jewish people, yeah. Chinese people, Lebanese, and Italians. I know. And they didn't understand that. It's actually the melting pot, a united nation of it, it, the whole Delta. You guys in Greenville, yeah. Leland, Shelby, yeah, the Shaw. Church, the churches prove it. They're yeah. next to each other, right? Yeah, because on the back plaque of the church, St. Francis of Assisi, there are like 40 names. Every single one of them were Italian except the last. The last name was Smith. And she was a convert. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> All right. So your mom, mm-hmm. big into cooking homemade pasta, homemade soups? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, when, um, when she died, we, we didn't fight over it. We gave it to my, one of my sisters. The, the board, you know, the, the cooking board oh, that yeah. you rolled oh, out cutting, your pasta. Are you kidding? Yeah. There was a little concave area in there for oh. over all of the years. But, oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, everything was homemade. I love it. I love it. Well, there's nothing better. Talking to Paul Gallo, we're getting hungry as we're talking to Paul Gallo, which is good. It's a good thing. Uh, you're in a Mississippi Minute. Paul, um, okay, so you're a kid growing up. Did you play ball? Yeah. <laughs> Football? Yeah, we played in, I think it was the Delta Valley Conference. We played uh, Shaw, I mean, Shelby, Drew, St. Joe. Yeah. Hated St. Joe. You should. I detested St. Joe. <laughs> I love it. Because the, it was truly the luck of the Irish. They could, The ball would bounce and they would they would always it would bounce right up to them. Well, that's that was what we're the, supposed to do. It's that was terrible. No, Remember the old field too. As a matter of fact, when we were back for your event, that was the first time I saw the new school. Right, right. And yeah. and now, you know, and that's funny because my dad was the first graduate with St. Rosalama, the yeah. first one ever, graduated in fifty. And uh, with his name Azar, I guess he was the first one to walk. And then St. Joe. And I grew up going to that school, my kid, our, our family. The old school? The old school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, when we came back, our kids, our daughter was still young enough to go to Lourdes, which has moved over to St. Joe now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been it's been a lot of work uh, with the school, but just getting involved back. But I mean, I feel like I've gotten to understand what my dad, when he was president of the school board, and just being around it, uh, it just... Uh, it's like how life comes full circle. I never, I never would have thought it. And our kids have graduated. You know, our daughter's yeah. going to graduate from St. Joe this year. She's the last one. So all it's three kids school. are going to graduate when they all grew up in Nashville. So it's really weird. <laughs> Played um, football and baseball. And, and to this day, I love baseball a lot more than football. But during that period of time, big Cardinal fans yeah, still are. Uh, I am today. And we, we played with Archie. So, uh, you, Manning, so yeah. you played against Archie. Uh, uh, the only time I ever remember that was a baseball game. I don't remember him in football. And they said he was unbelievable in baseball. Oh, he, was, he was unbelievable in baseball, yeah. Wow. And, so, and, and so, I remember I remember that game, and I only remember a tall, red-headed guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember about him. So. <laughs> okay, think about it. You're only about 25, 30 miles apart, right? 30 yeah. miles apart? Yeah. And you probably could, might as well have been in Singapore because you couldn't really That's get right. to each other, right? Yeah. And so you would just see each other. When you played in sports or something, but there was no meeting ground to hang out back then, no, no way to get to each no, other, No, right? it really didn't have time to do that anyway. And the other thing as far as growing up on the farm, if you were not on the farm in the wintertime, you were you had a job. You were working somewhere else. Right. Okay, I understand the land part, but why the grocery business or something? My mom grew up in a grocery store on Highway 61. I guess it was something, I'm not sure if you've ever 
talk to him about this, but that's where their expertise was, or hmm. they had to have some connection. Um, so when your grandparents came over, they understood what it was like to, to grow crops. And, yeah, they, and they, they came from an agriculture background okay. somewhere in Italy to here. And I, I would imagine it would be the same thing as far as uh, uh, other folks in other countries. Wow. And the, the, um, the, the amount of Chinese people who came over. Well, yeah, and and that was, I mean, that was that that was amazing to me. I mean, it was uh, I, we had a lot of I had a lot of Chinese friends growing up, you know, and still do. We're talking to Paul Gallo. We are breaking it all down. The Delta is on fire as we uh, make our way. But Paul gets to play DJ like all my guests do, and he is a music lover because I listen to his radio show. Every once in a while, he'll play some of my songs. I get excited to hear that. But you do love music, and I know that's part of your deal. I do. Uh, you get to play DJ. We are the birthplace of it all. We both know it, right? So when it comes to the arts, we're it. Do you want to hear a little bit of my mentor, Eugene Powell, Sonny Boy Nelson, or George Cartwright? I'm taking you all the way to midnight. I'm going Ooh. deep with you. How do you like that? Yeah. George Cartwright. How about that? You, you're going to go with? Yeah. We're gonna have to dig, we're gonna have to dig it up. I love it. <laughs> our producer Will, both our producers, Will's got he's got to get to work. We're with the great Paul Gallo. We're gonna hear a little bit of George Cartwright all the way from Midnight, Mississippi. Stand by. much as he had to see. Okay, folks, here's the deal here. I was on the road a lot lately, playing shows, jumping from one hotel to another, thus laying my head on a different pillow every night. I got home from rough nights of sleep and a crick in my neck that limited me from turning it either way, if you know what I mean. After night one of sleeping in my own bed from beds by design and laying on that sweet Omni pillow, my neck was on the mend. Do yourself a favor. Don't fall for all the gimmicks you see claiming their pillow is the best, because they aren't. My man Chad and his team at Beds by Design have the honest answer. Go to OmniPillow.com and enter promo code Steve Azar. That's OmniPillow.com, enter promo code Steve Azar. You're going to sleep like a one-year-old baby. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. It was at the end of Indianola. I'm Steve Azar. We're with Paul Gallo. If you guys have ever woken up in the morning early enough and spent four hours, three three or four three hours, hours, three hours, three hours 
in the morning with a guy that has really... How many years, Paul? Uh, this is the 50th. What? This is the 50th. What are you saying? I'm, sorry, I'm telling you, this is the 50th. 50th there was There was about eight or nine years that I was behind the broadcast desk, and I missed it. That I didn't have a chance to be on the air. I moved behind the broadcast desk, and I got off, and... When the opportunity to get back on, when we put this on, the Super Talk Network, I think we had two stations at that time. So uh, it was a pleasure to get back on. And thanks to Mr. D, making wow. it happen. So, All right, let's talk about, I want to talk about your bug, Your when you got the bug to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the first time? Oh, um, We're talking 50 years ago, making sure that you and I both. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, I remember calling the radio station. I don't remember my first time playing I remember music. calling the radio station and, and, and pulling a prank on them. Oh. And I, I've never told this story. This is a bad story. Oh, well, let's get to it. I need some oh, bad geez. stories. Yeah. Come on. We were starting football practice, spring practice. I didn't want to go. And we were in the big city of Cleveland. And we were cavorting and, 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 and doing things that we, you know, just as young people do. And we were talking about, we got to show up tomorrow morning. We, gotta, we need to get home. Coach is going to kill us. We start practice tomorrow. And I said, we got, there ought to be some way out of this. And I said, there's no way. It was five of us guys in the car. I said, I got a good idea. Long story short, I called the radio station, which everybody listened to. And I said, this is Coach Blank. Oh, wow. I'm not going to mention his name. Right. <laughs> and I just wanted, would you please make this announcement that we have uh, some problems with the water system or busted pipes in the, in the, in the gym and locker rooms, and we are postponing. The- <laughs> wow. <laughs> so half the guys didn't show up that next morning. We showed up because we got... We were a little afraid that we if we didn't yeah. show up. Oh, so, so you so you that's a good way to get starting jobs. So <laughs> we showed up and there were a lot of people not there and the coach was just irate. Why in the blank didn't these people show up? We don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. Never, but never. that was that was the power of radio right there, and that was probably the eleventh grader. And that was it. That was the moment yeah. you go. Oh, yeah, I well, think I don't I know if that was the moment, but I mean, it was one of the first introductions to the power of radio. Well, if you could, that's right. You could persuade half and be believable, believable yeah. enough for <laughs> half of the team not to show. Then you go, oh, I wonder what I could do. Okay, so take me through your education of radio. Do you go and do a communications degree? Yeah, we we, we uh, I was at King's Daughter's Hospital, Greenville, where I was born. Right? Is that right? Yeah. And uh, my grandfather, one of my grandfathers, was very, very sick. I went back out to the car after a while, sat there. And I'm, I'm, and it was that time where you have to fish or cut bait. You're starting your 12th grade. Uh, you make a decision. You're not staying in the nest. You, you do something. And my father had already died. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't want to stay on the farm. And the farm is, we, we'd already rented it out because we couldn't handle it. So what do I do that I would really enjoy? And I never really thought specifically about radio, but, I, you know, you're a class clown. You love writing stuff. You do this and that. Where do you put those talents that's something you would enjoy? And uh, I looked on the back of the book of the sports book I had. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was a uh, Sports Illustrated or something like that. And it was an ad for a school, a broadcast journalism school in Chicago. And that was it. Huh. And I had family in Chicago. So, okay. Yeah. So you're able to go live with them? Yeah. Yeah. You go to Chicago. And you're, we're working on this. You, you know, you're aware that you need to get... But your voice to me sounds like your voice. 
Always. Um, if you listen to the first tape of Real to Real Tape, it, it it it's it's a world different. But I mean, over fifty years, you're going to develop you're going to develop that. Um, Did you overdo it? Oversell it back in like the DJ, you know the, the. No, I I I didn't think so. But you always have the grandkids and the kids say you're using a radio voice, and I I, I don't, you know, yeah. I guess maybe because I could do an interview over the phone and it sounds a little bit different than the huh. microphone. So the microphone does make it sound a little bit different, but I don't think it's that much. I know that I could be no matter where I am. I can be down in Poducket. I could be at Booga Bottom. I can be in uh, Olive Branch or uh, Ocean Springs. And if I'm sitting somewhere and I start talking, somebody's going to look at me funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, 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 and I think that's great, but... No, um, because your voice is built... You're, you, ha- you have a universal voice. We had... We were... We, our graduation... You know the Marina Towers in Chicago? Right. Uh, those things are still there. The Nichols. Uh, right. That's where we had our graduation uh, party there. But we were not too far from there. We were in uh, on Wabash Avenue is where the school was. And, eh, it was something like a... 20 or 30 story building and i think the school had two floors of that thing and we had the radio station wcab within the entire building and i thought well it's a small time deal and then somebody pointed out that it's probably bigger than the listening audience in shaw so yeah we, yeah that's true we, we kind of uh paid attention uh, then and we were it was it was it was fun how long were you in chicago before you got your first gig paid gig when we graduated, I graduated and I had a chance to go to several different places. One that, and I wanted to get close to back. I wanted to get back to Mississippi. I didn't realize it was it was one of my uncles was a big old guy, six foot four. Uh, he's he's one of those guys that you see in a mafia movie. All of them were, you know, the Biondinis, the Gabucci's, the, <laughs> the all of the Mingarellis, all of these guys. He asked me one day. He said, "You want to go hunting?" And it always stuck with me. I said, "Do I want to go hunting? Are you kidding?" hunting in my backyard yeah, in yeah. Shaw. And he said, well, you know, it's going to take us a couple of days to get there. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And for some reason, just hit me. Are you, are you crazy? takes two days to get there. <laughs> you would just step out your yard. I'd step back out. Door. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to get back to Mississippi because um, I just, I was more comfortable. And one of the places was Louisiana down near New Orleans. And I right. looked at the map and I looked at some of the names and I thought, man, I'd have to have a degree in French before I can mention some of these names. So I had an opportunity to go to WBLE in Batesville, Mississippi. It was a guy by the name of Hal McCarley was the general manager. Stayed there for about a month and a half, and I got a better offer. You know, you got a lot of those offers. It's like songs you never recorded, and you have some regrets. Or do you have regrets? If you look at where you are and and if you're happy with yourself, then you— my regrets are more of, of the idea that the songs haven't found uh, that they, they, they were so the ones that are special because you know them, and when they just haven't seen the big commercial success yet, you want people to really hear mm-hmm. those because it really it represents who the artist really who I am uh, a lot better. That you don't know things that you play. You have know, you that, have you done all your own songs that you've written? Mm-hmm, or you? Mm-hmm. There's never a song that you wish somebody else wrote that you wish you had done. Not really. I mean, I've always written it or co-written it, but now when been being back home, I've really just all written it. You know, yeah. it was when I wrote "Waiting on Joe" that the all the big writers started because I wrote it alone, and they started really hitting me up to write with me. Yeah. Uh, but they would always want to write about the Delta. It was interesting, you know. And I was trying to get to the point where I could write commercial hits. 
Uh, so I was trying not to to leave the Delta, but I just wanted to have some hits so I could play the the songs about Mississippi to the world. You know, that was my sort of my mm-hmm. thinking. And it was a little different, you know. So, uh, so it was it was funny juggling. And but I every every writing session with the greatest writers, I, they'd go, "Hey, you're really from there? That's interesting, you know." And we want to write Highway 61, or we want to. I said, "I've already done it, you know. <laughs> Move on." But uh, and sometimes they would convince me, and, and it worked out, you know. But but at the end of the day, now it's uh, had a chance to interview once uh, Conway Tweedy. And, oh, love and, and and ask a question: What song did you wish you had recorded you'd never recorded? And boy, he just you could see over his face. I, I, it was a terrible question to ask, but a very a good question, right? And he said, "I hate to say this, but for the good times, oh, great wow. place." And he could have recorded and, and, it. Yeah, he could have recorded. And it was just one of those things. And I'll never forget the look on his face. For it's just like, times. oh my God, why did you bring that up? Let me dad tell you the story of Conway, my story of Conway Twitty. Neshoba County Fair, I used to close it out. I think about three or four years, our band would be the last band really? to play it on the rock stage every year. Yeah. And hot, you know, like we'd be sweating. It. I remember Faith Hill in the front before she had a deal because we got to reminisce about that when we got to Nashville years later. And I remember Conway going out. He was the headliner of the of big stage. He goes out and it's quiet. Crowd sitting there staring at him. The greatest, greatest beginning of a show I ever saw. You know, forget fireworks, forget bombs blowing up and all this stuff and fog and all this. He comes out and he stares at everybody, starts looking around. It got to the point where it was so uncomfortable that people started to make little heckling noises and like, you know, and whispering. And, and it got to the point and he kept, kept on, he was looking. And they thought he was out of his mind. And all of a sudden... It felt like five minutes. It was probably three minutes, but enough to where it made everybody uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, he, he, his eyes get glued in on this one girl, and he goes, Hello, darling. Oh, it has been you knew that a was long coming. time. And no, yes. I didn't know it was coming. And so <laughs> nobody knew it was coming. And I said, Man, that's an entertainer. And the fact that he held on that yeah. long, and all of a sudden, you've reversed <laughs> the interview again. This is how great you are. Wait a minute. Talking Wait to Paul minute. Gallo. Wait a minute. He, um, <laughs> He he. At one time, he had more number one hits than uh, Elvis. Oh, did he not? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Conway Twitty had a Friars lot of, Point. Yes, down the street. Yeah. Down the street. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just just so my producer will be happy, I'm going to go into a break because I never do it anymore, <laughs> and and make it. He's the only. We'll 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 give you a, a and your producer actually your producer first and mm-hmm. and me second, or me seventeenth. But uh, you're in the Mississippi minute. We're with the fabulous Paul Gallo. Stand by, baby. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah, I've been down. I've been beaten. I've been cheated. You see it in the way I walk. You read it on my weary face. Been more like a pebble. Instead of a rock, instead of the rebel you once knew. You grew to love. It's safe to say I've had enough Starting today I'm gonna get myself in shape I'm Steve Azar And I love having Paul Gallo 
I feel like the finest radio guy in these parts, that's for sure. And I'm and I'm talking about not only I'm I'm gonna stretch it state to state to state. I'm not just talking about Mississippi. But he is all things super talk Mississippi in the morning and uh and a lot of people get up to listen to you and you and you you inform, you uh get people laughing, uh and you guys always have great guests on that, that are relevant. Uh, so it's been an honor to have you on, on my show, uh, Paul. So take me to how you, what's your big break in radio? I don't think I've had a big break. I mean, I, it's, it, you know, I haven't, when you say a big break. you had a great I think career. Just, just, you had a wonderful career. Just to be able to, to I've, I've only worked for two people. I mean, that's, are you serious? I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and um, I had private ownership. I had uh, my own station for a while, but I worked for the Mid-South Network, which was, um, Back in those days, it was uh, a group out of Columbus that owned five stations. Nobody ever heard of anybody owning five radio right. stations. Well, it didn't exist, right? No, it didn't exist yeah. back in those days. And then um, after that here, you know, it's in those days, you didn't move around a lot. You had some other offers, but just to, you're, you're growing a family. You're in the state of Mississippi. You're happy. So, I mean, and, and for a long time, it was in the Delta. Why do you want to leave? You know, you're in the Delta. You can't capture those sunrises and sunsets in a lot of different places. Right, no, no, you and can't. And you had some opportunities. There was one, you ever heard a guy named George Klein, WHBQ in Memphis? I, I think George I George was a big, uh, he was part of that Memphis mafia with Elvis, big uh, friend of, uh, of, of Elvis. He calls one night about 11.30, been sleeping for, well, I just got home from the parish fair that we were doing you know <laughs> yeah. remember the the, the parish fair we still that do we, them still yeah. do them yeah just got home from the teddy bear booth <laughs> which was a good one <laughs> and brings back oh that was yeah. one of the more popular yeah he says hey gq baby come come see me so we 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 made an, an appointment to go up and see him and whbq was like the station man right anybody in radio would want to go up there so went up and had the conversation. My wife had an appointment uh, to the doctor, so she couldn't go with me. And we go up and we talk to him and uh, makes us a pretty good deal. There was not as much money because it was overnight shift. Oh, wow. And he says, you know, you stick on that for maybe six months to a year, and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. So I'm driving home, and I'm flying, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really high. WHBQ. I forgot some of the names there. Chandler. Uh, Jack Parnell. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Parnell. Yeah. I get home, and my wife greets me, and this is days before cell phone, and I think I got a pay phone before I left, said I'm coming home. <laughs> and she said, I said, well, did you go to the doctor? Yeah. And then uh, I was informed we had our first child on the way. Wow. <laughs> wow. So to me, you know, raising the kid in the Delta, that uh, did, and, that did, and, right? and that did it. <laughs> Hunting and fishing, and I don't want to have to travel two hours to go hunting anymore. So. Isn't that wild? You you leave there thinking that's it, and then your whole yeah. life changes by the most important yes. thing that can happen yeah. in your life. Family number children. one. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking to Paul Gallo. I love hearing that. So do you ever stress at all over the, okay, I've got three hours. That's always plenty. Do you ever feel like you're under the gun no, a little no, bit? My, my biggest fault, greatest fault, is I over-prepare. Well, there's no such thing. I realized about... Ten years ago, it was, and, and somebody told me this, I forgot who it was, but what happens is, at the end of the day, if you go look at my stack, at the end of the day, I've probably got 40% of, uh, I've only used 40% of my material. Uh, and if you do that sometimes, and I, and I and there's nothing I can do. I mean, I, I'll do it, and I, I, I can talk about it, but I'm still going to do it. I use maybe 40% of the 60%. Some of it will be able to use this week. 
that's not dated, that doesn't age and start stinking. When you do that, sometimes you reaching for different stories, you want to get, it's like having presents that you want to unwrap to the family out there. And then sometimes you just get discombobulated because you got so much stuff. So you, so it bugs you. I, I get that. Because oh, I, I'll you. leave stuff on the table and go, like, I wish I could have asked this yeah. question. I wish I could have answered this question that way back in the day. And still, when I go back to my side that I'm comfortable with on the microphone. But, but the truth is, I get that. I, I do want to, uh, I would like to flip it one time. Yeah. Every, every, you know, I've been asked a lot by a lot of people, they go, why don't you interview yourself? And I'll go like, that's the craziest thing Let I've heard. Let me interview but you. you would have to interview me. Can and I that do would that on a future program? Yeah, we'll do oh, a Mississippi a Minute and you'll, you'll be, you'll be Steve Azar and I'll be Paul that, Gallo. That's the deal. All right, we got it. You're my friend. I appreciate it. We've been in a Mississippi Minute. It's been awesome. And uh, if you guys, if you're like off the map and you hadn't heard Paul Gallo, you got to wake up in the mornings because it doesn't get any better than that. It makes you feel good about your day. Let's go get some red wine and some rigatonis. Sounds absolutely fabulous. Mm, mm, mm. All right. (laughs) I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. The news doesn't sleep. And neither do we. Fox News Radio. Late breaking. Up to the minute. From around the world. Around the clock. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.